0: Hello, I'm Natalie Goldberg, and this is Education from an Equal. Thank you for tuning in to the third episode of the second season. Today's episode is an interview with PJ Steinberg, a student who identifies as LGBTQ+, and attended the same high school that I currently attend. They were one of the first people at the high school to begin an informational campaign about queer people, and they were gracious enough to come and talk with me about health curriculum today. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience with sex ed?
1: Yeah, so um, my name is PJ. If we haven't already gone over that, Um, I graduated from Lake Ridge. I am now a part-time student at PCC. Just I don't know what I want to do in my life. It's kind of weird. I'm between a lot of things, Um, so I'm working in the meantime. But my experience with sex ed has been like kind of vast, like beyond like normal reaches. I think because when I the summer before my senior year, I went to India on an intern, I want to say like an internship, but it was more like, it was a program. Um, And so on that trip, I learned about like health education through the Indian structure, which was really interesting, because the whole point of like... (laughs) going on that trip was basically to learn about like a different culture and to learn about like how the community organize and then bring that home to do a project. And a lot of people that I was on that trip with did sex education based projects Um, which is not what I did, but like a lot of what we learned was based around sex education, which is really interesting. So what I learned there was about like how women are taken care of in like different parts of the world and like how like really in different parts of the world, they're not like taught about their bodies in the same way. And they're not like talked to at all. So it really changes your perspective on like what we learn. And so coming back to America, I waited till senior year to do my sex ed course. And so when I was in like my health classes it was really different because I had this background of knowledge where I was like, wow, we are so lucky to like get this information because so many people all over the world desperately want it and they can't even access it.
0: Mm-hmm. How does your identity change what you need from sex education?
1: Um, I don't think it actually does for me. Like. I identify in, like, a lot of different ways, and I'm still figuring that out as a young adult because, like, I think a really cool part of queer culture is that you can kind of, like, put off how you identify or, like, change it as you, like, figure yourself out, which is really interesting. But for me, like, I don't want to, like, learn how to do sex in a sex ed class. I just want to learn what is important that, like, I need to know to keep myself safe. So, like, I think it's an awkward situation with, like, kids who identify differently because if you're just talking, like, straight up on a sex ed course level, like, what do you need to know to stay safe? But then you also have, like, a social side of it that, like, they still try to teach you with, like, how to accept other people and, like, how to, like, deal with social issues, which is, like, a part of Oregon curriculum, but not really, like, in a lot of other states. So it really varies on, like, where you are and, like, what you might need for that purpose. Because, like, if I was, like, in a more southern state and I didn't have access to, like, those social, like, skill classes and my peers, like, didn't really, like, know much about, like, me or how I identified, then it would be a lot different of a situation because I would probably need those things and couldn't access it or even know how to vocalize that I needed them. But I would know that, like, there was something wrong.
0: Mm hmm Um, Do you think that health curriculums should address the actual LGBTQ plus sex um, relationships, bullying, or all of them, or just some of them? Like, what exactly do you think that it should include?
1: I think I really like the way organ Health is set up, because it's two separate classes. So the way that, like, you do it is basically you go through, like, your freshman and sophomore year, you're supposed to do, I did not do it, but you were supposed to do, like, your beginning health class, and it was, like, all the biological stuff it was like here's some diseases you can catch please use a condom to not catch those diseases Mm -hmm. and then when you were in your junior and uh oh my god I just forgot the word for senior (laughs) when you're in your junior and senior year you're like basically learn about like the social side of health so it's like you do like conflict management stuff you learn about like different like kinds of diseases how to like care for yourself in the long term And so when it goes into, like, queer people and sex education, I think it's a difficult line because sometimes I think that in especially modern culture, we confuse how to have sex with how to be safe with sex. And so, like, from a teacher, I never want to be told, like, how to have sex, especially because for queer people, it can be so different in so many forms that, Mm -hmm. like, it's so easy to invalidate one form or the other. So to just say, like, sexual activity and sex for each person is different, here's how you stay safe with, like, these different body parts, depending on what you're working with, I feel like is a pretty good, like, measure to start with. Because at the end of the day, like, you know... People are going to have, like, a penis, people are going to have a vagina, and they're going to need to know how to protect either in, like, a situation where you have, like, multiple in a relationship, one or two in a relationship, like, it really depends. So I think, like, in sex education, like, we don't need to, like, keep out queer people, but we also don't need to actively, like, I don't know. I think that, like, sex education doesn't need to be marketed towards straight people or queer people. It can be pretty androgynous in its, like, approach and doesn't need to, like, just... It doesn't need to acknowledge either in its teaching. It could ignore both and still get, like, the base concepts done.
0: Mm -hmm. If not from actual health classes in schools, where do you think that this information should be available to these young queer kids?
1: I think that's really difficult because in a lot of communities, it, like, depends on where you are for that kind of information. Like, in all honesty, I think that the queer community has done a really good job for the most part of, like acknowledging new people that come into it and like teaching them like about the basics like college is a really good place to like start your I don't know start your journey as like a queer person as far as sex goes because there are a lot of other people even in like most parts of the country speaking like America wise on like who are queer and like turn up on college campuses and there's like all kinds of resources so it's like the right time to like kind of learn about like queer sex in a different way than just, like, purely educational, how to protect yourselves. Um, but if we're, like, talking about high school in, like, different parts of the country, like, as far as, like, I don't know, getting, like, condoms or, like, something like that, it becomes difficult because you have places like Planned Parenthood, but those aren't everywhere and those aren't accessible. And it's obviously, like, the school can't hand them out because that's encouragement. Mm-hmm. They can make them available, but that could still be seen as encouragement. So it goes as, like, a double-double. I think the best way to do it is... Like, for me, my doctor and provider always has, like, this, like, really cool shelf of, like, condoms and dental dams and lube. And I take a Snapchat every time I go. (laughs) But it's, like, because, come on. It's so fun. (laughs) But it's, like, an easy accessible resource that, like, acknowledges the biological part of it and acknowledges that this is something that is needed in an everyday life. And I think normalizing that in like a doctor's office that like sex can be like kind of clinical because you need to make sure that you're protecting yourself. And I think that that kind of culture is really important. And I think it's being developed in like a lot of medical fields in America as a whole. And I think that's really positive.
0: Mm hmm. What is the most important thing that needs to be taught in sex ed from your perspective?
1: From my perspective, I think like the most important things that need to be taught is just like basic protection. Because in most of the country, like I don't want, I don't want to say most, I don't know enough to be quite honest. I just know my own experiences, but like in a lot of parts of the country, you really don't know how to like fully protect yourself and use like a condom or like there's like a lot of knowledge on that, like, people don't know how to use dental dams, which is like mm-hmm. really important in the lesbian community that, like, people never really focus on because it was so easy to get a yeast infection. <laughs> I have just learned this. I didn't get one, but like, I had my best friend get one and she like, called me and she was like, Did you know? And I was like, Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people I know haven't even heard of dental
0: dams before. Oh my
1: God, I know. I was like, Okay, so I recently like had, um, I, at work, I recently had, like, these kids coming through buying condoms, mm-hmm. and they, I overheard them, and they were basically, like, talking about sex, and they were like, I don't even know how to use these, and I was like,
0: <laughs> oh, oh, no!" and they
1: were clearly beyond high school, too, they were, like, college kids, and I was, like, so worried, and I was, like, I can't say anything, but at the same time, like, oh, no.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, okay, so just the last question, what is your personal opinion on sex ed? specifically, should there be a nationalized curriculum? Or do you think there's a better way to ensure that every student has the kind of comprehensive sex ed that they deserve?
1: Oh, that's so tricky. Because the thing is, with nationalized curriculums, like, it all depends on who creates. I feel like it would just all be like, don't have sex before marriage. Otherwise, you're ruined. <laughs> like, so I think it's really difficult because like, obviously, like, it depends on, like, not only, like, the president, but also, like, who's, like, in Congress at the time, who's in the Senate, because those people, like, even if they don't have direct influence, still hold a lot of power in that decision making, Mm -hmm. so I think it really depends on, like, not only who's in power, but also, like, our ability as, like, a people, as a country to acknowledge what we need, and sex for, like, this country has always been something that I feel like is way more swept under the rug and, like, Mm -hmm. way less talked about in a much more, like, closed-door fashion, so it's really difficult because, personally, I don't think we're, like, close to a nationalized curriculum for sex ed. I think it's going to be, like, quite a few, maybe, like, decades before we get there because it's just, like, such a divisive topic right now. I think the queer culture, like, is really pushing the boundaries with, like, opening up these topics, Mm -hmm. and as, like, generations shift, like, it becomes more acceptable to, like, talk about sex. But until, like, we actually, like, achieve a place where, like, you know, when parents sit their kids down, they're not, like, dreading the sex talk. They're just, like, this is normal. This is your body. This is how it works. Um, It's going to be really hard to get a nationalized curriculum. Now, obviously, I do support a nationalized curriculum because I feel like if it's implemented correctly and, like, the right people create it, it would be really positive because it means that, like, not only does everyone have, like, the same base of knowledge, but it also means that, like... When you're, like, with a new partner, you're able to, like, be confident in their ability to, like, not only protect themselves, but also, like, if you're unknowledgeable, protect you. Mm -hmm. And so it can be, like, kind of a back and forth. I think – I don't know. I keep going back to queer culture, but, like, I don't know – Being a member of the queer community, I feel like it's really positive in the way that we interact with each other because we have to be so open about our sexual experiences before like we even get to certain milestones Mm -hmm. because we have to like know how to keep each other's bodies safe because for a lot of us, our bodies are so different for starters. Mm -hmm. And we also like have traumatic experiences on like what we need to do to comfort each other and like make sure that like we're physically and emotionally safe. Yeah. So I think it could really depend on, like, where we are when, like, this curriculum is created that, like, is intended to be nationalized. Um, My hope is that it's a positive thing, though. My hope Mm -hmm. is that, like, it genuinely has a good effect and can help, like, kids in high school and can, like, actually crack down on, like, unwanted teen pregnancies and, like, really, I don't know, sink to the root of issues and, like, really, I don't know. Yeah. I, like, want to be so hopeful, but at the same time, it's, like, so difficult.
0: hmm you know I definitely you? know the feeling. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking to us today, PJ. Here's the biggest takeaway from this episode. Sex education doesn't necessarily need to teach kids how precisely to have sex to be inclusive for young queer kids. As PJ said, students need to be taught how to protect a penis and a vagina, and not necessarily taught how to have sex, but rather how to keep safe, as sex can look so different for people in the queer community. Teaching the actual mechanics of sex can sometimes be heteronormative, so by emphasizing general safety in classrooms rather than only safety in the context of heterosexual sex, we can provide more help to queer kids. PJ also emphasizes the heavy impact of queer culture on the movement towards approving sex ed, and I completely agree. Thank you so much for tuning in to the third episode of Education from an Equal Season 2. Next week, we will listen to the input of a student activist fighting to change health curriculum at her own school. The next episode will be released on Sunday, January 5th, one week from now. If you want a preview of who we will be interviewing, be sure to check out my website to read her bio, www.educationfromanequal.com, and remember to follow the podcast on Instagram, at education from an equal podcast. See you next time on Education from an Equal.